This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Graham, everybody. I'm Rohan Chakravarti, your host. And we're going to be breaking down the 49ers Week 18 and what's going to go on this upcoming week. The 49ers clinched the one seed. We've got a lot to talk about in this show. It's going to be a solo one, but a fun one nonetheless. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Rohan Chakravarti. It's been a while since I've done one of these solo shows, a lot of time, but, you know, I've been putting out the articles, and we have the weekly shows, about one or two that I try to do. But we got a solo show today, and it's going to be a fun one because we're in this limbo right now where we're between Week 17, Week 18, and the playoffs. The 49ers, well, we got to backtrack if we really want to talk about the inflection point to this part of the season, this late part of the season, because the 49ers really, their their number one seed hopes took a little bit of a hit when they lost to the Baltimore Ravens. That meant if they won out, they would have gotten the one seed, but they needed help otherwise if they wanted to get the one seed by the way of the Philadelphia Eagles, by the way of the Detroit Lions, and things like that. Well, Detroit lost to Dallas, and the Philadelphia Eagles lose to the Arizona Cardinals leaving the 49ers with a clinched one seed heading into Week 18. Let's start, though, with this past weekend's game against the Washington Commanders that ultimately set in stone how the 49ers could win in Week 18, or could clinch the one seed before Week 18. The first half was a bit, you know, a bit bit ugly, if we're being honest. When we talk about it, the 49ers ended up leading by three at halftime. This one looked like it was going to be a good start. The 49ers got a good defensive stop. They scored on their opening drive, were able to drive all the way down to the red zone, unfortunately had to settle for a field goal after a busted play on second down, a screen pass, and then obviously a third down negative play uh, as well, or third down incompletion as well. That leads to a field goal, but the 49ers scored a touchdown on their next drive. They ended up going up 10-0 in the first half. You thought things were going to look good after that. But unfortunately, you know, they go out, they they face some bumps in the road overall. Ends up being 13 to 10 at halftime. Uh, you know, a couple of issues defensively, uh, specifically guarding screens. The first drive, uh, Washington was able to get into field goal range, kick a field goal. Um, but really, how did that drive start? A nice run from Brian Robinson, a nice short pass to Robinson that got 22 yards, 12 yards. And then from there, you know, it was a lot of running that ended up getting the 40 or that ended up getting the commanders into field goal range. Following that on their actual touchdown drive, how did it end up going? I mean, they hit McLaurin. McLaurin was, uh, he had the big catch over Diameter Lenore, the 42 yard bomb on third down. That was the main uh, play on that one. But overall, I mean, 
it was, you know, a, a bit of a shaky start for the 49ers on both ends of the ball. Offensively, they had success. They had a field goal, a touchdown, a punt, and a field goal. But if you notice the trend, two field goals and one touchdown for the scoring drives, and all three drives got into the red zone in the first half. The 49ers, though, only went one for three, ended up kicking a field goal uh, in the red zone on the first drive, like I said, because of the busted play on second down and completion third down. They scored a touchdown on the following drive, but then they got all the way to the commander's one-yard line, had an opportunity first and goal at the one, and couldn't convert on three opportunities, ended up having to kick a field goal, a 22-yard field goal from Jake Moody. They end up going into halftime up 13-0. Then coming out of the half, I mean, you started off good. Another three and out, just like they did in the first half. They scored a touchdown on the ensuing drive, a 12-play, 83-yard drive, a big one where we really saw Elijah Mitchell getting used a good amount, McCaffrey dealing with a bit of a calf strain. That helped the way for Elijah Mitchell, who had a pretty big game in this one in a Week 17 matchup, you know, a pretty big game for a guy who really hasn't played too much. That ended up helping the 49ers overall, and then defensively, you kind of allow a lot of yards down the field. Washington once again gets into field goal range, but the one thing about the 49ers that you've kind of seen this whole week is playmakers. They make plays, and Traverius Ward, a guy who has now come off, you know, he had that podcast with Ark Armstead, now a couple of interceptions in the past few weeks, he got another one. Um, he uh, intercepted Sam Howell in the red zone, a really good route, or sorry, a really good uh, defensive play where he kind of sits on the route, doesn't allow too much space for Terry McLaurin, and then while McLaurin's trying to cut back in, Ward jumped the route. He ends up getting an interception there, and the 49ers from there kind of just ran away with it. Already up two scores, scored a touchdown on the following drive, ended up being 27 to 10. Howell threw an interception on the second play of the following drive to Diameter Lenore. From there, it was game over. San Francisco ends up winning 27 to 10. Now, what are the implications of this win? One, we got to talk about the injuries because Christian McCaffrey went down um, with, well, not went down, but he was seemed like nursing a calf strain. He's already been ruled out for week 18, which likely would have happened anyway had they won the one seed, but he's ruled out for week 18. Now gets two extra weeks to heal with that calf strain. But San Francisco came into this one with a couple of injuries. Jawan Jennings still in concussion protocol, had that two weeks ago, but wasn't be able to be cleared ahead of this week. Shanahan said he was looking good. Not yet, but that's one. But the biggest injury is Arik Armstead, who is dealing with a foot injury similar to last year. Last year, he missed about eight weeks. Last year, that was, you know, a pretty big deal. Luckily, now Armstead, who's missed a few weeks now, can get an extra two weeks to rest that foot injury where he'll likely suit up um, throughout the entire playoff run. You hope that he can be fully healthy for the stretch run as well. But a lot of injury issues for San Francisco. Aaron Burks, uh, uh, Aaron Banks, excuse me, had turf toe. He missed this one. And now you get a lot of healing time going into week 18. Now, I got to, I gotta, you know, hold myself accountable a little bit. A few weeks ago, I said, um, I did not think the when the 49ers reclaimed the one seed from Philly in their week 13 win over, or week 13 or 14 win over the Eagles. I thought they were not going to hold on to the one seed. And I thought exactly what was going to happen did happen for the most part. I thought the 49ers were going to lose to Baltimore, and I thought the Eagles were going to win out. Now, Philadelphia was looking good up until this past week. They lost a major matchup to the Arizona Cardinals at home. 
I mean, this is a four and eleven Cardinals or four and yeah, four and eleven Cardinals team that they end up losing to a pretty pretty big loss overall to a team that I mean that Cardinals team's got fight. Jonathan Gannon did a good job, and that was a pretty big loss for for Philadelphia because when you look at the playoff picture right now, Philly dropped from two had the potential to go up to one, and they dropped from two to five. That's a you know a pretty pretty big one for the 49ers. Philly kind of uh, a little bit exploding down the stretch here. Two major losses when they could have potentially won out and gotten the one seed. That that was my prediction. That clearly is not happening. Philly is sitting now at eleven and five, and I don't even expect them to win the division because they've got the Dallas Cowboys who uh, who jumped them. They're also eleven and five, and Dallas has the tiebreaker. So. This is going to be a tough one for Philly. They lost to Seattle two weeks ago, lost to Arizona now, and now you're looking at them as, are they a true playoff contender? Just a few weeks after, you know, them having such a strong start, them potentially being the one seed, them potentially being the Super Bowl favorites from the NFC. They started off, you know, with a, I believe it was a 10-1 and record. Lost to the 49ers, lost to the Cowboys, lost to the Seahawks. Now have lost four of their last five, and they are likely locked into that five seed. Face the Giants this week. But the Niners, they've clinched the one. Dallas, it seems like, will get the two seed. They face off against the Washington Commanders this upcoming weekend. If they win that, they get the two seed. Detroit likely gets the three. I'm pretty sure Detroit is locked into the three seed. Four seed, that's still up in the air. And then five seed, obviously, with the Eagles. But let's move forward. You know, we've got a we've got an intriguing matchup to talk about. Uh, and as I do, got to shout out one of the guys who always is in here when I'm streaming. Thank you, Gregus, for tuning in to the show. Appreciate it. But we've got to talk about some other things as well because the 49ers now have a Week 18 matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. And when you talk about the Los Angeles Rams, this is a team that has really come on in the second half, a team that you have to have to respect. Something that I've kind of said over the past few weeks, and I'm going to continue to say, bold take for some, not for others. Matthew Stafford, the Los Angeles Rams quarterback, he's been on a tear. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFC this year. I think so. I don't think he wins the MVP by any means. I think that's clearly going to Lamar Jackson. But if you talk about the MVP, uh, if you were going to give one for the NFC, I would have a hard time going away from Matthew Stafford, who I believe is the best quarterback in the NFC so far. And you know how in the playoffs, the NFC, or regardless of where you are, the quarterback is kind of the way to go. Los Angeles has that. They've now won six of their last seven games. Sure, you can question the validity of those wins. They faced a Browns team without Flacco, without uh, you know their regular quarterbacks. They faced the Seahawks, Cardinals, Commanders, Saints, and Giants. They've lost one to the Ravens, but I thought that Ravens loss was pretty telling. I mean, they only lose by six, an overtime loss there, and it seemed like you know they showed the blueprint of how to potentially score on the Ravens defense. That was a that was a pretty good game for Los Angeles, and you can't fault their schedule for being what it is. I think that they are a challenge. I think they're going to be a challenge, and I think they have a good chance to potentially win at least one playoff game this year, which might set up a 49ers versus Rams battle in the divisional. Right now, the Rams, I think, are locked into the sixth seed, could be the sixth or the seven, depending on this weekend. And it seems like while the 49ers might play their starters a little, I don't think they're going to play them a whole ton, and that might allow the Rams to potentially win Week 18 and lock into the sixth seed where they'll face off against Detroit in round one. 
of the playoffs in the wild card round. I think that this is an intriguing matchup, though, in Week 18 because you wonder, are the Rams going to sit players as well? Los Angeles, on the other hand, they've got players that they could sit as well because they've clinched the playoffs. They're the one team, you know, in the sixth seed, they've clinched the playoffs. It's only the seventh seed that's truly up for grabs in the, um, or, you know, that seventh playoff spot that's truly up for grabs in the NFC. The Rams don't really have to, they could sit players if they want. Maybe they prefer a matchup, be it Dallas or Philly uh, or Detroit. I'm assuming they'd probably prefer Detroit, but that could be, you know, a factor that you could consider in. But I don't think that the Los Angeles Rams are truly concerned about their playoff opponent necessarily as much as they are about getting healthy and getting rest. Sean McVay is a guy who's also advocated for rest. He had a podcast earlier this week where he indicated that he might be resting a few players or maybe the first half for a few players and then rest them for the second half, something like that. But we'll see how the inactives go this week because that might be a little telling. You might see a, you know, a, a matchup between the backups, but it still might be a uh, you know, a game between the two sides overall. But the Niners in Week 18 wanted to break down what I believe they should do. I mean, the Niners, it seems kind of clear right now, they're going to play a little bit. The starters should play, you know, Debo Samuel said earlier today, the starters should play a good bit. And then, you know, you'd expect some to sit. CMC is likely sitting. But here's my philosophy. McCaffrey is sitting right now. I think the biggest question mark is Trent Williams. If Trent Williams, who did nurse an injury earlier in the year, uh, or not earlier in the year, earlier uh, in the month, that groin injury, uh, but he seemed good to go. If Williams sits throughout, are you sure you want to trust Brock Purdy with a backup left tackle in a meaningless game for that long? I don't know if you do. You know, you've already seen Purdy get an injury in the playoffs before. This is probably you, you. need Purdy for the stretch run. You're going to need him to win the Super Bowl likely. And so you 100% don't want Purdy getting injured at this point in the season in a meaningless game nonetheless. I think a lot of people are probably, you know, a little scared from last year when we saw Denver and L.A. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Chargers, they played in a meaningless game. The Chargers were locked into a playoff spot. Denver was not. And the Chargers rolled out their entire starting group for like three quarters in that one. Mike Williams got injured in the first quarter and ended up being ruled out for the playoffs. And that was a huge injury for the Chargers, who obviously, you know, they they went through their issues in the playoffs last year as well under Brandon Staley. And so you don't want any injury issues. You you really trying to use this week to get rest. Personally, I think it would be helpful for them to potentially play a 
series or two. But overall, I don't think that... I, I mean, I wouldn't mind if they played a series or two, but I would also advocate for rest. Even if... I, I understand. There's a, there's a layoff. There's rust. There, you could consider whatever you want. But I thought Shanahan had an intriguing quote this week that I think is very important. It's the way that the 49ers shake off that rust is practicing how like how they should play. And I mean, the way that they are practicing, I think should be indicative of potentially how important, you know, games are in, uh, in the playoffs and things like that. And I think that they'll still be prepared overall if they are practicing with a regular regimen. And so to me, I wouldn't be surprised at all if a lot of players potentially set out the second half. I would even advocate for if Trent Williams isn't playing, don't even play Brock Purdy at all. Don't even risk it. Um, and so I think that those two are the guys that are intertwined, guys that I wouldn't expect to play. I mean, I don't think Armstead plays for sure. I think he's already been ruled out. Um, guys facing injuries, do you expect Javon Hargrave to play? The Niners have a ton of depth at defensive tackle. I don't think you need Javon Hargrave to play. Guys on that uh, defensive line, you might not expect Bosa to play. These are guys, you know, the defensive line guys, I, you have a lot of depth there. You don't necessarily need to play him. Linebacker as well, Fred Warner, Droy Greenlaw. Uh, you, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see both uh, them sit for the majority, if not all of this game. You have linebacker depth as well. You've got Oren Burks. Um, you've got, you know, your two young rookies. You've got a lot of players that you could potentially uh, play as well at linebacker. Defensive back is where questions arise. Ambry Thomas right now, he's ruled out for this week. Um, but who are you going to potentially play at safety is a good question. Jair Brown, I don't know if he'll play this week. It seems like at the moment it'll probably trend downwards, which means you might see a safety duo of Logan Ryan and somebody else. Because to Sean Gibson, this is a game he usually doesn't play in a veteran guy who doesn't need the playing time. Maybe you call up another person from the practice squad, but Logan Ryan, it seems like, could earn another start, second consecutive start. Maybe um, if one of the other guys are healthy, Isaiah Oliver maybe, or another player, you could see them get the start as well, go for two of them. And so I think that that's uh, uh, th those are questions. I think the secondary is where you might see some questions because Trevorius Ward, how much do you expect him to play? Diomero Lenore, are you going to roll out? Uh, who is it? Daryl Luter, maybe um, Samuel Womack. Are those the guys you're going to kind of roll out? Uh, you know, there are a lot of questions to kind of answer overall in that uh, in that capacity. Now, one of the questions: Purdy has played without Williams this year. Shannon can protect him with the play calling. Now, I'm not denying that you can protect Brock Purdy with the play calling, even if uh, Trent Williams is not there. I think the risk, though, the risk-to-reward ratio, I think, is very minimal um, because those games mattered. Every game up until this game mattered. In the record, in the way that you were able to get the one seed, those games mattered. And also, you did have worries behind you know, a subpar offensive line. If Jalen Moore is out there, or even if Moore is out, you know, it might be... Um, what do you call it? Colton McKivitz at left tackle. Those are questions you might not necessarily want to handle, or those are, you know, scenarios you might not necessarily want to handle because it's one freak play that can go wrong for an injury. And I understand injury can happen at any portion of the game, but in a game where it doesn't necessarily matter for you, you to play those guys, is it really worth the risk for a guy like Brock Purdy to play without his top left tackle? Another question, what if the backup goes down? Then you got to retape, put the starter back in after cooling down, which can lead to injury as well. Well, this is a good question. I think, uh, you know, the backup could also get injured, but you're going to 
you're going to suit up 48 players. It's if the if a backup goes down in this game, there's a chance that, you know, there's usually another backup to fill in that void. The only position where I really can't say that might be for sure is the offensive line. Because let's say Trent Williams doesn't play, Banks might not be back from turf toe, which means you're down two offensive linemen. This is already a fairly, not a thin group, but it's not as deep as some of the other groups in terms of the amount of players you have to play and the amount of players you hold on your roster. So you might see an offensive lineman be called up. And so, I, I mean, that's a good question, but I still think that when you consider the value of the backups to the starters, you much rather have the starters come out uh, scot-free and then the backups come out scot-free and starters get injured as well. San Francisco can't afford to lose interior offensive linemen. Yep, I'm getting to the offense now because when you talk about Week 18 and who might play, I mean, quarterback, it seems like they're going to play a little bit, but you'd expect Sam Darnold to get a majority of the reps in this game. Running back, it seems like Mitchell, Mason, those guys are going to get the majority of the reps, maybe even Tyron Davis-Price with McCaffrey out, likely. And so you might see those three kind of split the reps. Receiver, I think, I mean, Debo's indicating he'll play a little bit. Probably Ayuk plays a little bit as well. Um, Jawan Jennings is a maybe. Hopefully you kind of just get him to see, just get him to get his feet wet, you know, uh, coming out of the concussion protocol. I think that might be the case overall. Um, hopefully get, getting him a cloud. They're opening up his window. We'll see if he plays. But if not, you might see, you know, doses of Ronnie Bell. One of the practice squad guys might get called up, maybe a Chris Conley or so. Um, and so you might see some more reps from them. Overall, I mean, the uh, team Martin could get called up as well. He could get some good reps. I think that some of the guys where you 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 kind of just want them to get some some reps, McLeod, Jawan Jennings, right before. I think that this is a valuable game to just get their feet wet a little bit. Don't have to play them the whole game. Just get their feet wet a little bit. Get them a few reps back with the starting unit or back with the kickoff unit with McLeod. And I think that that could be valuable, especially because we've seen some of the issues with Ronnie Bell as the returner. That's forced Debo Samuel out there at times and things like that. So you've seen some of the issues with Bell at returner. You want to see if McLeod, you know, can get his feet wet before the playoffs because he's going to be an integral piece to this team on special teams. Offensive line, though, is I think where the biggest, biggest key is because you only have eight active players. Um, Matt Pryor uh, is there. It might be nine now. Matt Pryor's a backup. Jalen Moore's a backup. Uh, Zakel is out for the year, right? He's on IR. So Ben Barch is there. And then uh, I guess if Banks is available, it'll be Feliciano, but it seems like Banks won't be available. So it seems like you have your three offensive linemen. I'd expect Barch to get a role, um, you know, uh, play some role. You might see Matt Pryor be in there. Um, you know, Matt Pryor might be at left tackle, or sorry, right tackle. Um, he, he could play. We'll, we'll see what the alignment necessarily could be, but I'm expecting Moore to get a majority of the reps at left tackle should he be healthy. If not, it'll be McKivitz and Pryor probably for a good portion of this game at the tackle positions. But this is the one group where I, I truly do have the more questions because you don't necessarily have enough depth. Some starters are going to have to play. It's likely Jake Brendel plays the full game. It likely is because you just don't have enough depth at offensive line unless you call players up. And so he could be a guy that plays the whole game, but I'd expect Barch to probably get in there um, for, for some portion of the game. You'd probably expect uh, the backups as well, uh, the backup tackles to get in there for some portion of the game. Now, to end today's show, I do want to talk about an intriguing topic because it is playoff time, and I want to see 
what are the most intriguing matchups for the 49ers and what are the most realistic? Because the playoffs, obviously, one week away. AFC's got a little bit to settle in. NFC does not. Uh, I think five, six, no, five of the seven playoff spots are already decided. It's just some seeding things that have to be worked out. Tampa Bay has yet to clinch. They're the four seed right now in the in the leaders of the NFC South. And then that final spot right now is to Green Bay, but a couple of teams could get it. Here's how I envision things going. I think the 49ers, I mean, they're obviously the one seed. The two seed right now, Dallas plays Washington this week. Expect them to win. Expect them to clinch the two seed. Detroit's locked into the three. Then at four, Tampa Bay plays, plays Carolina. Um, that should be probably one of the more favorable matchups of the entire weekend. You'd expect them to win that one and clinch up the four seed. Philly, because Dallas gets the two seed, they should get the five seed. It's either two or five for those two teams, depending on if Dallas loses. The sixth seed right now is LA. I think they beat the Niners this weekend, which is why I'll go with them as the sixth seed. At seven seed, though, Green Bay, they play Chicago. If they win, they're in. If they lose, then. Uh, there are a bunch of other scenarios. Seattle, I think, would likely get the spot if they end up beating the Arizona Cardinals. But I think Green Bay wins. And so your NFC picture is likely the one first round by 49ers. Second versus seventh seed would be Dallas versus Green Bay. 3v6 is Detroit versus LA. And then 4v5 is Tampa Bay versus the Eagles. Right now, it seems like the 49ers are suited up to play the Philadelphia Eagles, or the Los Angeles Rams. Remember, this is the one seed the 49ers would face the worst remaining seed possible. Green Bay actually poses a nice challenge. I would not be surprised if they win a playoff game, but for this exercise specifically, I'm going to think about those two teams. I think Dallas has the edge currently on Green Bay. I think that um, that, that, that would probably be my pick, Dallas over Green Bay. But I think the Rams have a good shot to beat the Detroit Lions if they're on their A game. If Matthew Stafford comes to play, I think that that could be a very intriguing matchup. We would not be surprised at all with a six-seed upset. I think the Rams could move on, and I think the Eagles would likely be favored Excuse me, by a good portion to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so those are the two matchups to watch. I think that Philadelphia, you know, you might see the rematch at Levi Stadium for the first time between the Niners and the Eagles if all the favorites win in this, uh, in, the, in this upcoming weekend. But you could also see a true matchup between the new-look 49ers and the new-look Rams. You know, both teams have seen extreme second-half success to end up making the playoffs this year. Would be also intrigued by that matchup, both obviously at Levi's Stadium. And then the big part about it is not only do you host, you know, the divisional round, you're going to host the conference championship as well. Now, was hosting the games the most important factor? I wouldn't say so. I, I think the rest is the biggest thing for the 49ers because of the injuries that they're having to key players on the roster. But the I mean, the, the home games don't hurt. You, you're talking about the Niners playing, um, you know, three straight week or two straight weeks and then having a bye week at, at home. They don't have to travel at all in the three-week portion before the Super Bowl should they make it there. And obviously, this is contingent on them going as far as the NFC Championship game as well. But I think this rest is going to be phenomenal. This is going to be the most important aspect for the 49ers. And if you see them come out strong in their first divisional game, you can attribute it to what the 49ers encountered in the rest. The last time San Francisco was the one seed, they made it to the Super Bowl. They faced off in 2019 
you know, the remember the infamous Packers game uh, in the NFC Championship. They had a nice win in the divisional round as well. That was a week where that was a time where they were rested going into you know the going into the playoffs. They I think that the week 18 game did matter, but they were rested going into the playoffs. Had the extra week, won two home games, and then obviously ultimately lost to the Chiefs. We'll see how the 2024 run comes. Remember, guys, my prediction at the beginning of the year was that the Niners would not win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, it's not like I'm very proud to say it necessarily. It's just what I believe will happen overall. When it comes to the Niners, I think that I'm confident in them to potentially, you know, even make the Super Bowl. I think that that is a likelihood. The odds will show you that as well. I'm just scared they won't win the Super Bowl. But as always, with any prediction I make, if it's, you know, if it's in the negative sense, I'm hope I'm hoping I'm proven wrong. You know, that's, that's what I'm hoping for the 49ers, but this has been a fun stream, you know, a nice 30 minute stream got to break down the week 17 matchup, talk about the week 18 matchup, the implications, and then also look at potential playoff matchups for the 49ers. We'll be back either tomorrow or Thursday with another fun episode, but thank you guys so much for watching. Haven't done one of these in a minute and I appreciate everybody for following along. Stay tuned for the content on here on Niners Nation, and on Twitter. We got you covered. See you next time. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.